0: Now, Nancy, did you want to give your testimony? Because Sean gave you an awesome opportunity, or you not you not feeling it today? It's okay. Pardon me. (laughs) Remind you? (laughs) It's been such a great week. You talked to me last week about the awesome job God gave you, and I told you you could have like one or two or three minutes, but I, I don't want to put you on the spot. I can? Yeah, God's got me. Okay.
1: But I can take pictures of me up here. So So, um, I had a really abusive job situation, and God got me out of there and blessed me with enough money to get this job, which is five years later. And this job um, meets every aspect that I prayed for, Uh, Except that not the three weeks holiday. It's only two weeks. And um, he put me in a company with biblical values that's actually mentioned in their mission vision. And he surrounded me with people that can and are becoming my tribe. Um, He took me out of a very dark place. He healed me. Uh, He restored me. And he lifted me up higher than I was before I started. And he truly put me in a place where I can now launch into the next chapter he has for me.
0: Awesome. (laughs) Uh, God is good. Amen? Now we sing a song that what God did once, he can do again. What he's done for someone else, he can do for you. Now, Charlene, are you interested in sharing? Yeah?
2: Um, so, for uh, the last couple of years, I've been working with uh, Panago Pizza. I started off working um, from just from home at an office, like in an office downstairs, um, and then I took a promotion um, into the Panago, like the corporate head office call center. And recently, I've just gone through a five-week um, interview process. It was a long process, and uh, I had to fulfill a lot of. Uh, requirements to get through that. There's quite a few candidates that have been with the company for a decade or more. Um, but I just found out a couple weeks ago that um, I got the job. And yes, it was yeah amazing. So what's really fantastic about it, um, I just want to share this, that um, a couple weeks before I went through the final interview process with a vice president of the company, um, I was driving down the road one day, and just out of my heart's cry, it wasn't, it wasn't even really a prayer. It was just something out of my heart's cry that I missed spending the time that I was able to spend before with the Lord. Because of my, my promotion before, um, I was working a lot of hours and a lot of really, really late nights. So I was really tired. So just being able to function as a mom at home during the day was a, a huge challenge for me. But I found that I was just not having the energy, being able to stay awake, to spend time with the Lord. And there was just a cry in my heart, like this yearning and this craving, something that I was missing, you know? And in that moment, I I truly felt the Holy Spirit show me that he had placed me at the company I was at, and this job he was giving to me to answer that heart's cry, because he already knew you know? And so I found out I got the job and he reminded me of that moment when we were driving down the road together. And I just started to cry and just thank him um, that he loves me so much. He loves my family so much and cares about us so much. Uh, And the final part of it is that my salary that I have been, you know, making for the last year uh, has literally doubled overnight. So, yes awesome. I get three weeks of vacation all paid for, tons of sick days, and it's more than enough money. I have to put my daughter in daycare, but it's more than enough money to afford that. So amen. Praise God.
0: Amen. Amen. There's a scripture verse that says, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, what did we just hear? We've just heard a testimony of the goodness of God. Amen? How many of you are excited for Nancy and for Charlene? Amen? That's awesome. And, and when we hear a testimony, it's not just to make you feel good and happy for them. But what God has done for someone else, God wants to bless you in the same way. Now, you might not get a brand new job, but you might get a promotion. Or you might get a different job that gives you better pay. Or maybe, maybe not better pay, but better conditions. As Nancy just said, God took her from a real negative situation, has put her in an awesome uh, place of employment where it's uplifting rather than tearing down. So I'm I'm just going to pray. Now now the other half of that scripture verse is the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What is prophecy? And, and, and you want to google it? <laughs> it's speaking about your future, into your future. What God wants to bless you. How many of you ever had a prophetic word spoken over you? About potentially what your future is going to be like. What God wants to do for you. How God is going to bless you. God is going to take you through something. The testimony of Jesus. What God has done for somebody. How God has blessed them. Worked in their life. Changed their situation. Is the spirit of prophecy of what God Wants to do. Now, how many of you received, received, understand what I just said? About three of you? Five of you? All right, there's a few more hands there. So, what God has done for somebody, and they've shared a testimony and spoken it, is prophetic. And what God will and can and wants to do for you. Now, you might say, I'm in a great position. That's awesome. And i am be thankful for that. But there's some of you that might just say, you know what? I could use maybe better working conditions or better pay or just a different, different outlook, a different situation altogether. Or maybe you're not in a situation right now and you want to be in a situation. There might be some of you that are out there that, that want God to change your situation in some way. I want you to just grab a hold of the testimony of the goodness of God that was just spoken and say, God, what you've done for them, you can do for me. Amen? 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 Amen. All right. You don't have to put your hand up, but I just, if you, if you receive what Nancy and Charlene have just spoken. Yes, sure. Oh, okay, okay, I thought you wanted to say something. Okay, you receive it, awesome. Heavenly Father, we thank you. First of all, we rejoice with Nancy, and we rejoice with Charlene, of the way you've changed their situation, their outlook, their their conditions. Lord, how you've blessed them, and Lord, that that was why you came, is to give us life, and to give us life abundantly. And we thank you for what you've done for them. And we grab a hold of that testimony. We grab a hold of that testimony. How they've declared your goodness in their life. We grab a hold of that testimony and say, Lord, what you've done for them, you can do for me. Lord, and we grab a hold of it by faith. And Lord, whatever the situation we might find ourselves in, Whatever situation we feel needs to be changed. Maybe we're in a negative situation and we need some, some uplifting, encouraging situation. Lord, you might have better pay in mind, better conditions, better holidays, better flexibility. And wh- Lord, whatever the situation, Lord, you've done it and you can do it again. And we grab a hold of it and we thank you for it. We thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. 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 How many of you had a great week? Oh, that sun came around. What was it, about Tuesday afternoon? Tuesday or Wednesday? That was awesome. Awesome. I got my bike on the road. I rode it for 10 minutes, 15 minutes yesterday, and I got a flat tire. And, and I had ridden far enough away, and I didn't... I had just put the tire, the brand-new inner tube went in, not by me, I had it done by a professional on Friday. I took my bike out on Saturday, and I didn't even think I'd have a problem, so I left my phone, I left everything. I was just going to enjoy just riding with no buzzing or beeping or nothing. And I got a flat tire, and I couldn't call anybody, and I had to walk home for about half an hour carrying my bike. And, and I have those shoes that clip into, your, into the thing. So, so it's got a big cl- clip on the front. So I'm walking with uh, real awkwardly for half an hour. And uh, I got to my corner, and a gentleman pulled up in a pickup truck and said, do you need a ride? I said, thank you, thank you. And I put my bike in the back, and he drove me the last 200 meters. And, uh, and uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. I don't. Anybody know what's going on at the airport this week? There's some real big booming sounds. Is that a car show? Is that, so those are engines that are just... It shakes our house from the airport. Some sort of engines they got going. And it just sounds like a, like a bomb going off. Just booming. Wow. So it's been an awesome week. Getting outside, enjoying the weather. It's going to be an awesome week. And... Uh, so just, just God is so good. Just, God is good. One another, members one of another. How many of you enjoyed caring for each one another last week? I, you know what? I want to springboard off of Pastor Sean's message. The, he, he quoted a scripture about David running. Running and running, and Jonathan showed up. Now, Jonathan was supposed to be king next. But God anointed David to be king. And Jonathan knew this. And Jonathan's dad, Saul, wanted to kill David because he wanted his son to take over. And yet, in the midst of that potential rival, we have Jonathan showing up to David in a cave. And it says, Jonathan encouraged David in the Lord. Wow. That's amazing. Today, in today's society, it's all about climbing over that person to get to my spot where I belong, it's about getting ahead of the competitor. That's why I love the testimonies cuz that we got this morning. I want to rejoice with those people that God is blessing them. Amen. <laughs> I don't want to be sitting there saying, "Oh, wow, they got blessed. When is God ever going to bless me?" But we need to rejoice with each other. We need to encourage each other. And I'm I'm just so happy for for Charlene and Nancy that God has blessed them because I know other people that have been blessed and God can do the same for you. And so when we think of ourselves as members one of another and, and, and just that story last week, it just was amazing to me. Today I want to talk about fellowshipping and what that means. Because I don't know if you've heard the statistics, but church life nowadays is 30 to 35% of people who attend a church don't go on any particular Sunday. So that means like they go once, maybe twice a month. And churches have this rotation where 30 to 35, even 40% of the congregation doesn't show up. And... As I was studying and getting preparing for this, I came across Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10, and I don't know if we got it up there. I just want to read, and I, I'm going to read it from NASB. I don't know if we have that on there. Therefore, brethren, verse 19, 10 verse 19. Therefore, brethren, which means brothers and sisters. you know we're brothers and sisters? That's the one thing about brothers and sisters When, when you're in a family. You don't get to choose them. You're in a family, and you live with them. But, you know, when... I had this introduction set out, but I'm going to skip the introduction. When when we're born again, it says we're born of God. Jesus in John 3, when he's talking to Nicodemus, said we're born of the Spirit. As a result, we have fellowship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, 1 John. But it says that we're now part of his family. So when we're born again, we we join a family. And now we have fellowship with each other. And so when it when the writer of Hebrews, whoever you believe it is, talks here, he's talking about a family. He's talking about a family of brothers and sisters. Since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, who saved us, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us, through the veil that is his flesh. So in his flesh, as a human, he came, he sacrificed his life, his body was the veil, His body was broken, and then at the same time of his death, the veil in the temple was broken. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, which is Jesus Christ, let us draw near with a sincere heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. And verse 25, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some. But rather, we should be encouraging one another. And all the more, as we see the day drawing near. Why is fellowship and the right type of fellowship so important. Okay, no one has an answer, so I'll give it to you. But just everybody's so quiet. Did you just get out in the sunshine so much and just tire yourself out? And today is just like a rest day? Well, I guess that it's supposed to be. Just, just think of the children of Israel. They, they've come out of Egypt. They now have journeyed through the wilderness, and it, I, I believe they, they, were in, at the Mount Mount Sinai for I think thirty to sixty days. Now they've traveled, I, th- I believe it was eleven days. They're now so they're, it's been less than a year, and they're ready to enter the promised land. And you probably all remember the story. They send 12 spies into the land. Now, you've got to remember, this is less than a year. They've seen God um, provide water in the middle of the de- desert where Moses struck the stone with his rod and water came out. They've seen the, the, the Red Sea open and they walk through on dry land. They've, God has provided for them has blessed them, has protected them, and now we're, we're gave them a law, gave them the, the, literally the constitution for the new nation of Israel that came out of Egypt. And they're ready to enter the promised land. And they send 12 spies to check it out. And 12 come back with a negative, I mean 10 of them come back with a negative report. Two of them, Joshua and, and Caleb, I believe it was Joshua and Caleb, come back. Positive report. The, the children of Israel gravitated towards the negative. And they allowed the influence of that. Th- of that interaction with those 10 to literally change their destiny. Because the people, they made their decision, they never entered the promised land. And based on allowing, That group of 10 people to influence their heart, influence their mind. They literally missed their destiny. The importance of who you associate with, who you fellowship with, who you allow into your inner circle can literally change your destiny. The power of who you fellowship with. I just want to throw out some points. See, we all have one purpose in life. When we get saved, it's to become like Christ. It's our relationship with Christ. It says the Holy Spirit in Romans chapter... uh, Romans chapter 8, it talks about the image of Christ being formed in us, and that's through our relationship with God. That's our number one purpose. That's our only purpose. We were created for God's pleasure. We were created for our relationship. As we develop our relationship, as we conform and mold ourselves into the image of Christ, he gives us assignments. Those vary throughout time. Some assignments are short-term, some are long-term, some end, and we have different seasons in our assignments, but our assignments change, but we only have one purpose. It's through our intertwined with our purpose in our assignments is our need for each other in fulfilling that. God has given us to each other as members one of another to strengthen us, each other. I wrote some down here. To encourage each other, to sharpen each other. Now that's a problem sometimes, sharpening each other. Because we can then get offended with each other. And then we get to learn how to forgive one another. Now, those are just some of them. But we're there to support, to sharpen, to strengthen, just like Jonathan went and he strengthened and he encouraged David. That is how God created us and why we are a family, is to encourage each other and to lift each other, rejoice with each other, sometimes have sorrow together, but we're together to fulfill the assignment and the calling that each of us have on our lives. And the children of Israel about to enter their destiny, about to enter the promised land. The whole purpose for God bringing them out was to bring them into the promised land. And they missed their destiny because they failed to strengthen each other, to encourage each other, and rather they influenced each other in the wrong direction. And today I want to just encourage us. Encourage you. In your fellowship. The, how many of you enjoy life, life groups on a Tuesday night? I know, I mean, I, Mondays go by, Tuesdays, and sometimes I don't feel like going on Tuesday evening to life group. And it's like, all right, we can do this. But then I get into whichever home I go to. And the strength and the encouragement and the sharing, I leave just being completely lifted up and encouraged. Why? Because of the, the fellowship and the strength. Fellowship is literally sharing Life. Sharing life. And because the fellowship is so critical to our destiny, we need to learn how to manage that properly. It literally takes management, it's managing, evaluating, evaluating your circle. Evaluating who influences you. Because people around you can either lift you up or they can drag you down. They can encourage you in fulfilling your calling or they can literally discourage you and make you lose heart. It says of the children of Israel, they they heard the report and it said their spirit, their spirit died within them. Literally, the, the excitement of being on the verge of their destiny. And it says life was sucked out of them because of the influence of the ten spies. The negative report. Managing. Don't grant access to just anybody. Don't just grant ask. Can you imagine the change in the the destiny of Samson's life? If he would have chosen life-giving associations or or community, it says that he literally went to the Philistines. And we all know the story of Delilah. Delilah. And how that completely changed the trajectory of his life. But can you imagine if Samson would have chosen associations that lifted him up. That encouraged him. That, that said, God has blessed you with such an amazing um, uh, anointing of his spirit. You could change our nation. And at moments he did. But ultimately, the choice of his associations, of his community, it completely changed the destiny of his life. Now, there are different levels of who you fellowship with. There's different how close you get to people. Pick people in your inner circle that encourage you. Pick people that speak life into you about three weeks ago I, we had just come back from from africa and and you know how you can read a passage of scripture so many times we had, we came home and it was Easter Sunday, and um, I was doing some studying and reading and I came across luke twenty four and it's the it's the scripture where the ladies on East, on Easter Sunday morning, I don't think they called it that in the Bible, but it was the day after the Sabbath. They went running to the grave, to, and they had spices with them. They were going to anoint Jesus' body, and they come, and the tomb is open. And they walk in, and the, Jesus isn't there. And it says there's two angels that appeared. And listen to the words. They said, why Are you looking for the living among the dead? How often do we look for life, for encouragement in areas that we know have only brought death? How many times do we go back to people that have just been negative to us? Go back to habits that we know have not worked. Go back to relationships that we know aren't good for us. How many times have we gone back to activities that yielded no fruit in our life? And we just go back. And, and I, that phrase went into my head, and it was like, I've heard this like, 300 times in my life before. And that morning, it was just like, how many, it was, it just like, was like I had read it for the first time. How many times have we brought people, activities, substances, um, attitudes into our inner circle, that we know from past experience have not brought life, but have generally tended towards death. And that phrase, why are you seeking life? Why do you expect life from somewhere where there's only been death? Thank you, Pastor Brenda. Proverbs 13:20 If you want to grow wise learn from the foolish No. If you want to grow wise spend time with the wise If you want to get have life spend some time with life givers Walk with the wicked, and you'll eventually become just like them. I guess we don't have that scripture up there right now. So, Proverbs 13, 20. If you want to grow, grow in wisdom, spend time with the wise, walk with the wicked, and you'll eventually become just like them. Any type of fellowship you have, any type of interaction, brings some sort of influence. Sometimes... It's obvious. (laughs) But interaction produces something. What are you producing with your interactions? Is there life? Jesus, the vine, we're the branches. There's life. Blessed is the man that walketh not in counsel with the ungodly, nor stands with the wicked, nor sits with the scornful. Why? You know, we, we, we focus on the positive, and that's always good. But what happens to the, neg- the other side? He becomes like chaff. How much life is there in chaff? Zero, <laughs> exactly. There's none. And listen to the next. You become like chaff that the wind drives away. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me. Chaff gets driven. Your interactions with people will produce something. What is it producing for you? What is it producing for you? And the great thing about interactions is most of them you get to choose. Most of the time. Who are you choosing? And at what level are you allowing that interaction to affect you? In the body of Christ, we should have a life-giving interaction. Do you actually qualify the people that you allow into your inner circle? Do you actually evaluate who's in your inner circle? I'll just talk because everybody's kind of just... listening, and uh, do you qualify who's in your inner circle? Do you evaluate the activities that you get yourself involved in? Do you evaluate the activities that you cancel out of your life? One of the most critical things to your destiny is your circle. And how much time do we spend Evaluating it. How much time do we spend evaluating, saying, is this activity life-giving or life-draining? Is this person a life-giver or a life-drainer? My time is in the red. I have 55 seconds. Mark, chapter 4. Here, This is a real interesting chapter. It's the chapter of the sower and the four different types of soil. But right after it, verse 24, Jesus says to his disciples, take care what you listen to. Now, Jesus said that, and that was m- not me. So whoever's toes I might be stepping on right now. It's not me stepping on them. Take care what you listen to. Take care who's around you. Take care who you're allowing to influence you. Take care what you're taking in. In the Proverbs, it says, guard your heart with all diligence. How many of us are diligent about where we find ourselves? 1 Corinthians 15.33. This is out of the Passion Translation. In, in the King James, it says, do not be deceived. So people were being deceived by who they were associating with. The Passion Translation says, stop fooling yourself evil companions will corrupt good morals and character. Stop fooling yourself. Let's evaluate. Let's evaluate. Is this life-giving? Is this life-producing? Is this going to get me... Closer to my destiny, or is this actually taking me away from my destiny? The greatest thing you can do in life is to know God, conform to the image of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and then fulfill your assignment and the destiny that God has. And is the fellowship that you're having going to get you there get you closer there or is it going to literally kill the calling and destiny that god has in your life the children of israel a whole generation literally died in the wilderness they did not inherit what god had wanted them to inherit why because they allowed the influence of their inner circle, the ones that they trusted the most. They believed the evil report. Solomon had a son, Rehoboam. Solomon passed away. Rehoboam had ascended to the throne, and he brought in his dad's advisors and said, Okay, guys, my dad's been running it this way. What do you think I should do? And Solomon's advisor said, you know what? Just ease off a little bit on how your dad was doing things because the, the people are growing a little weary. But you know what? If you just ease off a little bit, they're going to love you. And they're going to accept you. And they're, they're going to support you. And you're going to have an incredible reign. So he said, okay, thanks for your advice. He, he called then his friends, these young guys, that he'd grown up with. He says, guys, this is what, you know, the old dudes told me, the old generation. So what do you think I should do? And they said, you know what? You should increase the burden on the people. You should get a little more out of them. And you should should tax them more. You should make them work harder. Because if you let things go a little, They're just going to run wild on you. So, Rehoboam took the foolish advice, the young guys that had never been around the block, that had never counseled anybody, but they had just grown up with Rehoboam in a great lifestyle in the king's palace. He went with their advice, and the kingdom divided. Ten, ten of the tribes, they went and they set up their own kingdom with a different king. Rehoboam was unsuccessful, didn't serve God, was, was attacked, was, was, um, never established himself, and eventually got overthrown. Why? Because he allowed the influence of an inner circle to take him in the wrong direction. And he followed fools. He followed, he allowed in his inner circle people that weren't life-producing, that didn't bring wisdom, did not bring good counsel. And he allowed the kingdom to slip away. His destiny could have been so much different I want to challenge us today. God has an incredible destiny for each of our lives. Each one of us has an incredible destiny. How many of you believe you have an incredible destiny? Just give me like 30 seconds more here. <laughs> you have an incredible destiny. Are you surrounding yourself with people that are injecting life into your life? Are you surrounding your people, yourself with people that encourage you, that rejoice rather than, than being jealous of your success? Are they rejoicing with you and lifting you up and encouraging you and cheering you on Are you surrounding yourself with people that are protecting you? That have your best interest at heart? Are you surrounding yourself with people that share wisdom? Instead of just whining and complaining. Because eventually the whiners and the complainers will just drain you and they'll hold you back and, and instead of a great situation ahead of you, whiners and complainers will just discourage you. What kind of attitudes are you surrounding yourself with? Attitudes that'll drag you down with them or attitudes Full of the fruit of the spirit. <laughs> you know what? The one of the most overlooked fruit of the spirit is, is self-control. Are you surrounding yourself with people that have kindness, gentleness, patience, self-control? Amen. Amen. Sometimes you get benefits from people that, that you don't actually realize just because you're associated with them. Can you imagine Peter out in the boat all night? Jesus says, throw your net on the other side. I don't think he ever thought in his lifetime that being associated with Jesus the carpenter would get him the biggest catch of fish that he ever got. But sometimes there are incredible benefits that God blesses you with because of who you choose in your life to walk with. Amen? Amen. Amen. I've went eight minutes over my time allotment, and I'm still three minutes before 12. Amen. Why don't we all stand? Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you that when we got saved, we were brought into fellowship with with you, the Father, with Jesus Christ, our Savior, the Holy Spirit, our Counselor, our Guide. Lord, help us never to, to take for granted the fellowship that we have, the privilege we have to fellowship with you, our creator, one that has an everlasting love. Lord, and as, as we, we walk on the journey, the destiny, the calling that you have for our life, help us to surround us ourselves with people that will cheer us on, that'll strengthen us, that'll come to encourage us, Lord, and just help us to, through your Holy Spirit, leading and directing us, control the influence and be careful, as you said, be careful what we are listening to, who we are allowing access into our life. Lord, and we just thank you for time of of worship, your presence, and fellowship with each other. Lord, just bless each one as they go. Enjoy the sunshine, the beautiful day that you've made. We will rejoice, and we will be glad in it. We want to thank you, and we bless you. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great afternoon, and we'll see you Monday or Tuesday night out in Chilliwack.